0: This is Reset, I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Evictions in Cook County have returned to pre-pandemic levels. More than 800 tenants were evicted from their homes in May, which is higher than any month since 2019. Here's the thing, though, advocates say these evictions follow renters, making it nearly impossible to find housing moving forward. Two major landlords in Cook County now face lawsuits that allege their eviction screening policies discriminate against Black applicants, particularly Black women. Now, here with more is Denerica Brooks. She's director of the Housing Practice Group at Legal Aid Chicago, which filed one of the suits. Welcome, Danerica. Thank you. Also with us is Emily Wirth, senior staff attorney at the ACLU of Illinois, who's representing the groups who are suing. Hi, Emily. Hello. So, Danerica, these two cases are among the first in the country to challenge eviction screening processes as discriminatory.
1: Is that right? That's correct. Um, we saw a problem and this, let me be clear, is not anything that's specific to Chicago or Cook County. We see nationally that black women are disproportionately impacted by eviction. Evictions are more likely to be filed against black women. And so this is the first time that we're trying to really combat and challenge these processes where screening is locking people out of housing. Yeah.
0: Uh, Emily, the ACLU of Illinois actually notes the policies of these two landlords uh, rejecting applicants who have any prior connection to an eviction case. Can you clarify what exactly does that mean, having a prior connection to an eviction case?
2: So these landlords um, have what? no eviction policies that basically state if you've ever been sued for eviction, had an eviction filing against you, um, then they will not rent to you. And that means even if you won your case, even if you, you know, settled your case, or if it was five, ten years ago, um, no matter the circumstances, the mere fact that you were ever um in eviction court uh, means that they that they will just not rent to you forever.
0: So oh wow. Okay. So an independent analysis of Cook County data found black residents are three times more likely to face eviction than non black renters. Why do you think that is, Emily?
2: Um, you know, I think the the reasons that um black families and and especially black women um face eviction more frequently is um complicated. um but what we do know is that um it's it's even disproportionate to their share of the renter population. so um black uh, households make up about a third of the renter population in Cook County, but they're um over fifty percent of those who are um who have eviction cases against them. so yeah. Um, it's it's real. It's a real problem. How does this affect
0: uh, other areas of folks' lives, Denérica? Like, can it affect their ability to get
1: jobs? It's absolutely cyclical. So when you have an eviction filing on your record and a landlord won't let you either apply for an apartment or reject you because an eviction was filed against you, that limits your housing choice. And so we see families concentrated on the south and west sides of Chicago for landlords that are willing to rent to them and that just perpetuate segregation. Mm-hmm. But it does affect your ability to get a job because if you're stuck in one part of the city, then you may have to travel too far to get someplace else, or if you're traveling so much that can really affect the amount of time you get to spend at home with your children. Mm -hmm. You know, your children have to go to school. It's just cyclical in that it has an effect on everything, educational outcomes, um, health outcomes, because we also know in Chicago that where you live can also affect your life expectancy. Absolutely. So when I say it's cyclical, it's from where you start school to where you die,
0: goodness. And as you said uh, a moment ago, I mean, these policies sound like they further promote segregation Absolutely. in a city that's already so divided.
1: And we can look at where evictions are filed. The eviction filings are concentrated in the south side um, and the west side of Chicago. They, that's where some of the highest filings are. South Shore was known pre-COVID as the eviction capital of the city.
0: Yeah. Well, let's get into some specifics of the of the lawsuits. Danerika, I'm going to start with you. Legal Aid Chicago sued Hunter Properties in a, a federal lawsuit alleging the apartment management company violated the Fair Housing Act
1: of 1968. So talk to us more about the company's no eviction policy. So Hunter has a no eviction policy that's very explicit. Um, it's on their website. It's in your face. And it says eviction filings. So not that you've actually been evicted, meaning that the court has made a determination that you should be evicted, but that eviction filings will be a bar to you um, being approved. And then they have a second piece that says that any false information that you provide will also result in you being denied or your application being denied. So we have families paying $75 for an application fee, and you get that question on their application. Which, that, when did application fees go up to that much? I'm sorry. It has been a problem. were they, they $25 at one point? They are now $75, $100, and it's for people that are 18 and older. So an, an adult with adult children in the household, every person has to pay that fee. Wow. So what their policy does is say that if you provide incorrect information or false information as well, then your application can be denied. So how do you answer the question, Have do you have an eviction? What does that mean? Mm. Is that the eviction filing? Does that mean an actual eviction judgment? So if you say, no, I have not been evicted because you haven't or because your record is sealed. Now there's another ground to actually deny your application and you lose money. And
0: you're saying they're uh, not only discriminating on the basis of race, but also of sex.
1: Right. Because black women are those that are disproportionately impacted by eviction. When we looked at who evictions are being filed against. So
0: so we have a sense of scope here, Danerica. How big is Hunter Properties and how much of the real estate do they own here in Chicago? How how many folks uh, do their eviction screening policies actually affect?
1: You know, I have to defer this question because I can't remember off the top of my head, but they do have lots of properties and their properties are so pretty a big pretty footprint. big footprint in the city and a bigger footprint in that their properties are located in what we call opportunity areas. So at areas that people want to live in on the north side, you know, throughout the city and with access to what we would call good schools or what people think are good schools, right? Mm -hmm. Um, With job, with transportation. So we want people to be able to live in those areas, but they can't because an eviction may have been filed against them 10, 15 years ago. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking
0: about two lawsuits filed this week that allege two large landlords in Cook County have eviction screening practices that discriminate against black applicants. And we're learning more from Danerica Brooks from Legal Aid Chicago and Emily Worth with the ACLU of Illinois. So Emily, as we mentioned, the ACLU, uh, you're representing the groups who filed the suits. And Hope Fair Housing Center in Chicago filed a civil complaint with the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. This was against Oak Park Apartments. So what's the allegation here?
2: So the case um, that Hope Fair Housing Center has filed against Oak Park Apartments is very similar um, in terms of of the allegations and the basis of the um, discrimination case. Um, Hope Fair Housing Center is a, a fair housing organization that serves um, much of northern and central Illinois, including the Cook County suburbs, okay. Um, and so, Oak Park is part of their service area. Um, Oak Park Apartments is one of the largest landlords in in Oak Park. So, the scope of impact here is is huge. And um, their their no evictions policy is very similar in terms of um, categorically preventing people who have been um, involved in an eviction case from. Uh, renting there mm-hmm. um, and and in particular we're similar to what Danerica was saying about where the hunter properties apartments are Oak Park is known as uh, as an opportunity area it's an integrated community mm-hmm. um, and so um, a, a policy that prevents uh, black families from moving into or staying in Oak Park um, definitely has the potential to to create and perpetuate segregation and so we understand why a civil suit here so it's actually a um, a, a uh, Discrimination complaint with the uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Yeah. So it's not a lawsuit; it's a um, in, uh, administrative complaint, okay. which the department um, will uh, investigate and determine if it finds that Oak Park Apartments has violated the Fair Housing Act, which is the uh, the law that okay. that the department um, enforces in this regard. I see. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. And so, what happened
0: then to applicants when they applied? Were they given a chance to explain the circumstances that that perhaps led to their connection to an eviction, Denerika?
1: No, it's a bar. It's a bar. There isn't a follow-up process that we know of. Just sorry. Just sorry. We can't take your You're not eligible. We can't take your application. You're just not eligible.
0: What's your response, Emily, to, to landlords who say they are, they're making a decision about who to rent to and, and that they, they need to know if someone's going to be able to pay the rent? I, I think there are probably landlords listening that that
2: might be their their frame of thinking. First, I would say the fact that someone was sued for an eviction three, five, seven years ago has no bearing on whether they can pay the rent today. A lot can happen in three, five, seven years. Exactly. So it's not a very good measure of whether someone is going to be a good tenant. Um, furthermore, there are more precise ways to consider whether someone is going to be a good tenant, like, as you noted, providing an opportunity for people to explain the circumstances there of their eviction, what may have changed since then that makes them now able able to fulfill the terms of their lease. And um, because it has this disparate impact on um, black uh, renters and black women, um, landlords need to be narrowly tailoring how they're implementing these screening practices to minimize that impact. Hmm.
0: Your thoughts on that, denerica. I mean, are evictions a predictor of whether someone can pay rent in the future?
1: Not at all. And in fact, I'd like to address that evictions are very specific. I think that we have to get away from this mindset that because an eviction is filed, that a tenant must have been done something wrong, or they must have been a bad tenant. There are lots of reasons that evictions are filed, but just looking at a filing won't tell you that. Tenants can be or face eviction because their lease expired and maybe they just hadn't moved out yet. Mm -hmm. They can have an eviction filing because they had a personality conflict with the landlord and got into an argument. They can have an eviction filed because the landlord wants to move back into the property or move family members in. They can face eviction because they've asked for repairs and the landlord did not make repairs. So in retaliation, they get an eviction filed against them or the city came out and cited the landlord And now the landlord is upset. So Mm. there are a number of reasons that an eviction can be filed against someone. And sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with the tenant actually doing something wrong.
0: And sometimes a lot of that can be cleared up with just the simple opportunity to explain the circumstances.
1: Or to see what happened in the eviction. Was there a settlement agreement? Did the parties resolve their differences? Did the tenant actually prevail? Did they win? Did they ever even show up to court? Because oftentimes, if a tenant sees an eviction filed against them and they get the court papers, they just move so that they don't have to deal with the court process or the landlord says, oh, we worked this out and, you know, you don't have to show up to court and they believe it. But just
0: that filing alone. Follows them forever in these cases. You you stated to that point, uh, you said it's, quote, time that we take the stigma out of eviction filings.
1: Absolutely, because you just don't know enough with the eviction filing itself. It's a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper that says one person filed a lawsuit against another person, and that's it.
0: Emily, what's the reception been
2: so far around these lawsuits and and complaints? Um, I think... um, Because this is a a pretty new theory, and and as Denerica mentioned, um, it's a very widespread problem across the country, but there have not been many cases brought about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that we can uh, raise awareness by having filed these lawsuits and can um, educate um, the public, and especially landlords, that these are not necessary practices, that these are potentially illegal practices, and that they should be... Um, they should not be following the trend of just having these broad no eviction policies. Yeah, are you hoping to uh, set precedent with Absolutely. these cases? Yes, of course. We we are hoping to set a good precedent that um, that will um, change the industry. That will lead to the industry. Um, understanding you know what impact or import eviction records should have and and what they should not have change these screening process processes uh,
1: perhaps what outcomes are you hoping for Dinara uh, Exactly that Individualized assessment. Life happens. Life happens to all of us, and we should all be acutely aware of that after March 2020. Um, A lot of people found themselves in life changing situations, probably once in a lifetime, hopefully once in a lifetime situation. And we recognized that at that point. And then the court said, We will seal eviction records during this period of time. So we cared when that impacted everybody, when it impacted whites, blacks, and everybody, you know, on the scene. Mm-hmm. But now those protections are gone. They're away. And now we're like, okay, we're back to pre-pandemic. Let's go back to disproportionately affecting black women.
0: We'll leave it there. Denerika Brooks is director of the Housing Practice Group at Legal Aid Chicago. We've also been talking with Emily Worth, senior staff attorney at the ACLU of Illinois. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you for
1: having us.